Hey, you're listening to the TDL Project podcast where I talk about books, movies, TV series, especially sci-fi, fantasy, and LGBTQ plus related stuff. So yeah, let's get this episode started. So how are you? How was your week? I'm actually having lunch right now as I'm recording this because I am working from home today so I have time to record during breaks. Actually, we're now allowed to work 100% from the office because the UAE is almost COVID free. And the last time I checked, we're just having, I think, less than 200 cases every day. Social distancing is not that strict anymore. Of course, we still have to wear masks in public places, but it's not that strict anymore. And you could actually work from the office um, if you want. So I'm very happy about that. But of course, I am, <laughs> I very much prefer to work from home because it's just much more convenient. And the nature of my work, it doesn't really require me to interact with a lot of people. Mostly I'm on my own. So yeah, so for me, working from home just works a lot better. But of course, I'm very glad for the UAE because they're now in a much better place than before, right? Before I forget, I just want to talk about and react to some exciting Wheel of Time updates that came out or happened these past few days. First was we got the first song of the soundtrack. They released it and majority of people loved it and I would include myself in the majority and a lot were underwhelmed by it too. And <laughs> maybe it's because they thought that this is the, the main theme of the series. Uh, when I heard it at first, I didn't think that it was the main theme but a specific song to or a song specific to something and true enough some interpretation came out like uh, a day after and it seems to pertain to the Aes Sedai and the song specifically was talking about the Emerlin so if you've seen the teaser trailer the music there is amazing so <laughs> I have faith in Lauren Balf I think he's a he's an accomplished composer and I believe that he would do great we also got a new official poster. This one, I'm pretty mad about it. I mean, it's fine. I, I don't hate it. I, I, I just thought that they could have done a lot better with it. And then the NYCC panel, New York Comic Con panel, happened. And we got to see the main cast. And they talked about the show and some of the specifics. Like, Rosamund talked about how she came up with the hand gestures. And she actually acknowledged that... It was a bit controversial because the more you learn to control the one power, the less you do the gestures. And she actually gave an excellent explanation. And, you know, you see how knowledgeable they are about the source material. And obviously, they really thought things through. So pretty excited about that. And another cool thing was that they gave us not an official trailer, a full-length official trailer, which I was pretty bummed about. But at least we got something. We got a clip of Moraine the first time they uh, came to Two Rivers. So they showed us a clip of their arrival uh, at the Wine Spring Inn. And, and again, you know, a lot of mixed reactions <laughs> to it. Um, you know, land there standing during the first scene was a little bit goofy, but yeah, I, I'm not, again, I don't, I'm not hating it. This is just the first clip. I don't want to judge it just based on that. But overall, I thought that it was good. Okay, and I'm so psyched about this show. Very much looking forward to it. And also, I want to avoid making conclusions just out of 
the teaser trailer and a clip. I want to watch the whole thing first before I make my judgment, right? Okay, so I want to share with you that I'm actually part of Twitter of Time. So if you don't know what that is, it is a group of people on Twitter tweeting about the Wheel of Time. <laughs> so if you are from uh, Twitter of Time, uh, go follow me if you want. I have a handle. It's at Catswain. I've had this handle since 2019 because I didn't want to spam my friends who follow me on my personal handle. Um, they're not really into it, so I just created this to mainly tweet about fantasy stuff originally. But now um, it's mostly posts on The Wheel of Time because this is the series that I'm currently reading. And they have a TV show coming up, so there's a lot to talk about. And sometimes I do have a lot of things to say and very strong feelings about The Wheel of Time. So I did need a separate handle just to let that all out. <laughs> And if you're part of Twitter of Time, you may know Lil Stink of at Turd of Time. And um, she has this uh, YouTube channel and we did an episode of Meet the Totters. Uh, we recorded that earlier this week. It's not out yet, but it was really fun. And this is what I love about social media. You get to do a lot of fun stuff like this and you get to meet a lot of people who you may not have met if not for social media. And speaking of Twitter and social media, there's this really, really cool thing that happened to me a few days ago. So on the latter part of the previous episode, I did talk about this new GL series from the Philippines called Betsine. You can listen to it if you want to. Um, I did talk about its synopsis and who the main leads are, stuff like that, just the basic stuff. So a few days ago, I tweeted Kylie Padilla, who <laughs> she plays Beth. She's the other half of Betsine. Andrea Torres plays Cindy. So anyway, I tweeted her, and this is the exact tweet that I sent out. At Kylie Nicole P. This is one of those times when I wish we were big enough podcast so we can invite you over. Genuinely would have loved to have a conversation with you about your thoughts on your character and betting itself. Good luck on the series though. Hoping for more LGBTQ plus series to come from the PH. <laughs> so I just wanted to let her know that because... Like what I always say, it is very rare that we get a GL series produced from the Philippines. And though it has been improving in the past few years, it's still not as mainstream as we would have liked it to be, right? So every time that there's a new series like this, a new project like this, I do get excited and I do watch them. And to be honest, it's still a hit or miss. And I do wish that or hope that the Philippines would get to that point where they would be able to produce consistently high-quality stuff. So going back to my Twitter story, after I sent that tweet, I just moved on with my day, right? Because I didn't really expect her to respond to that. I mean, she has like 700,000 uh, followers, I think. And a lot of people tweeting her too. So you don't really expect someone as famous like her to even notice the tweet right <laughs> uh, but to my surprise um, after I think an hour or a couple of hours when I checked my uh, Twitter I saw that she actually not just read the tweet but even better she responded to it and this is what she said I would so love to guess on a podcast episode if only we could make that happen thank you and then pray your hands and then rainbow then a lot of people started liking it and retweeting it. And I'm like, hello. <laughs> um, I was really surprised. Um, like I said, I 
didn't expect her to respond or to even read <laughs> that tweet. And it was really sweet of her to uh, say those things. I was really touched and humbled too. Because what I said is true. I mean, this is a very small podcast. We just started out like, what? This is the fifth episode and has like less than 100 followers on Twitter. So it is very intimidating to invite someone like her when you are a very small content creator or when you're just starting out. So for her to um, acknowledge the tweet and to respond to it, it's very sweet and encouraging and motivating. And if you're wondering if I did reply after that, I did. <laughs> I did reach out to her, um, also sent her a formal invite on her uh, business email. But um, I don't know. I'm, again, I'm not expecting anything. It's probably not going to happen because to be honest, um, she might have tons of invites already from like other media people and bigger content creators. So yeah. And and I could almost imagine like uh, the team who manages her social media and her emails and all that stuff are like, Sino ba tong TDL project na to? <laughs> Kapal na mukha. <laughs> Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, but it would have been cool to personally have interviewed her and asked her about her thoughts and uh, insights, especially on her character and her approach to it, like how she was able to end up with her final interpretation of how Beth should be presented or portrayed in the series, as well as her dynamic with her partner, Andrea, because... As co-leads, they had to spend a lot of time together on screen. And from the trailer itself, you could see that a lot of emotional vulnerability was required from them. And they had to work on a lot of scenes that had intimate moments. And I'm curious how the two of them worked together to establish that chemistry and space of trust. So, like I said, most likely not going to happen. But... <laughs> Yeah, that was a very cool experience. I never knew that she was that responsive to fans. So that's cool. Again, good luck to her and Andrea on the series. This will drop on October 15th. You have to download the Wii TV app or iFlix app to be able to access it. Hopefully, I'd be able to access the show. It is... I saw some tweet, like, because I asked on Twitter if anyone has an idea, if it's accessible in the Middle East. And they said it should be. So we'll see. Again, this will be out October 15. So if you're interested, you can check that out. Bet scene. All right. So let's move on to another big news in terms of LGBTQ plus representation. Um, I just learned that uh, we have a new Miss Universe Philippines 2021 and she happens to be openly bisexual right so that's so cool um her name is beatrice gomez and according to her wikipedia she's a filipino model community development worker athlete military sergeant and beauty pageant title holder who was crowned as miss universe philippines 2021 making history as the first openly bisexual woman who was crowned miss universe philippines she will represent the Philippines at the Miss Universe 2021 pageant in Eilat, Israel in December 2021. I didn't even know that the Miss Universe Philippines already happened. <laughs> I only uh, knew about it because 
it, it was all over social media, especially because it was highlighted by the fact that she is the first openly bisexual woman who was crowned. So kudos to her for choosing not to hide her authentic self. <laughs> because there's a lot of pressure when you join these pageants, right? And especially for her, because aside from being judged on her beauty or her appearance or her performance or whatever, now people would also look at her lifestyle and judge her for it. There will be people who would immediately dismiss her and, and disregard her accomplishments just because of her sexual preference. So that's a lot of pressure. And kudos to her for being brave enough and still going after her dream. Um, I'm sure she knew what she was getting into when she started this journey. And I'm sure she's had her fair share of bashers. Good for her for not minding negative people. And now she's Miss Universe Philippines, right? Again, her name is Beatriz Gomez. Good luck to her on her journey and hope she brings home the crown from the Miss Universe to be held in Israel this coming December. And if you're wondering if she's in a relationship, um, I believe she is. Uh, I did check her Instagram and I think she's with her longtime girlfriend. And <laughs> since we're on a roll here, do you watch L Word Generation Q? So if you remember the L Word uh, from back in 2004, this is the sequel to that. I remembered it and brought it up because they just dropped their final episode this week. Okay, just to give you a background, we follow a group of queer women in LA. So this is the same with the original, same premise. And I don't really watch, watch it. It's more of like I skim the episodes. And the only reason why I watched this season is because of the couple Danny and Gigi. And if not for them, I don't think I would even care. <laughs> Needless to say, I haven't been really a fan of the L word. I mean, it's good TV entertainment. It's the type of show that you watch when you don't want to think. I think my main issue with it is that, like I said, we follow this group of women, right? And they tend to be really frustrating. <laughs> um, I don't know if it's the characters or the story itself. Because we're supposed to be following middle-aged, mature, and uh, successful, some of them, or most of them were successful women. And for some reason, they lack this ability to maintain a healthy, good relationship. It's like there's always drama right around the corner. And it's a little bit frustrating to watch because every time that a character or a couple is happy, you could almost immediately predict that after, let's say, one or two episodes, there will be something that will happen between them or to one of the characters that would cause them to fall apart. I don't know with these writers. Can't we have someone, at least one couple with long-lasting relationship? This is why I'm scared for uh, Gigi and Danny because they seem to be really, really good for each other and they're very happy with each other. It's like they, they found their, their soulmates. And now I'm worried because every time this happens... Every time a character or a couple is happy, the writers are not happy and they find a way to break them apart. And I'm 100% sure, come season 3, Gigi and Danny will break up. I'm 100% sure. 
genie shippers would be really triggered <laughs> with what I'm saying right now. But you know, I'm a I'm a genie shipper too. I want them to be endgame. It's just that you can't trust these writers to not fuck a good, healthy relationship up. <laughs> also, I'm a little puzzled with Gigi's character. In the beginning of the season, she's this really creepy, clingy ex-wife. And now she's this super understanding, supportive, perfect girlfriend. And even when she was with Bet the woman she dated before Danny, she's really... There is no flaw in her character. It's suspicious. Like, what happened to the creepy side of her? <laughs> I'm just thinking out loud because we seem to be missing a key part of her transition in terms of her character development. It's like if you're supposed to follow steps A, B, C, we just saw step A and then step C. What happened to B? That's my question. But then again, we have a number of characters here, a lot of story arc to focus on. Maybe in the future they plan to go back to that. But if not, then maybe you're just supposed to ignore it. I don't know. Okay, so that's it for the L word, Generation Q. I guess check it out if you're interested. Uh, they have two seasons out now. I can't say I strongly recommend it though. Just like this next movie that I'm going to talk about. The movie is Birds of Paradise. It is exclusively streaming on Amazon Prime. It's directed by Sarah Smith, starring Kristen Froseth, best known for her role in The Society, that Netflix uh, series. I did watch that series, but it's been a long time that I don't really remember her being there. <laughs> I'm sure if I see some pictures and if I revisit the series, which I'm not going to do, um, then I'll be able to uh, recall. And then it also has Diana Silvers, best known for her role in, uh, what's, what's that movie? Booksmart. She's that really tall girl. And oh, I think I also saw her on the suspense thriller movie Ma on Netflix. It's a terrible movie, by the way. <laughs> Just wanted to say that. Anyway, going back to Birds of Paradise. So... Like I said, this is on Amazon Prime. And to be honest, I wouldn't even like notice this or even watch this if not for these gay scenes that I saw on social media that everybody's like posting. <laughs> so it is safe to say that I did clickbait myself into watching this, which is entirely my fault because <laughs> I didn't watch the trailer or read anything about it. I just watched it just based off of those YouTube clips because I wanted to see what's the deal so if you're actually familiar with this film and you're interested because you thought that this was about a love story between two really attractive ballerinas, then you'll be disappointed because it's not. It's really not. Um, well, they're sometimes, they're more like, they're sometimes rival, sometimes best friends, and sometimes something more. But it's not a love story. Basically, it follows Kate Sanders played by Diana Silvers, who received a scholarship to join the Elite Ballet Academy in Paris, France. So this has a lot of ballet, a lot of French. And uh, we learned that uh, she actually was a former basketball player before she started dancing for five years. And then she's great. She's a great dancer. However, uh, compared to her fellow dancers, she still has... Uh, not honed the necessary grace and precision of a true ballet dancer. 
But she refuses to give up and she's determined to do whatever it takes to become a top ballet dancer. And then opposite to her is Marine, played by Christine Froseth. She's the daughter of the American ambassador and she was one of the most promising top ballet dancers in the academy. She went away because she was mourning the death of her brother Ollie. However, Ollie is also one of the main reasons why she came back to the academy because it was their pact before to win the prize together. So the prize is actually a contract to join the prestigious Opera Nationale de Paris. And so at first meeting, they hated each other. They started out as rivals and as the film or story progressed, they became best friends and they ended up really close to each other. They even made a promise to each other that they would win the prize together or not at all. The film focuses on the relationship of these two and the themes of obsessive attachment and bloodthirsty ambition when you put people in a high-pressure competitive setting like this. So if you've seen Black Swan, this is a junior version of that. Also, they're not just competing with each other. There are other student dancers there also aiming for the prize. And I just wish that the movie also explored more on their motivations of why they love ballet dancing. Of course, they're all dead set in winning this prize, but you don't really see the reasons why they are so passionate about the art itself. So I thought the movie was okay. Um, it now has a 59% rating, fresh rating um, on Rotten Tomatoes. So it's not really a bad, bad, but it could have been better. Um, I just hated Kate so much. <laughs> At first, she's this innocent outsider trying to fit in the mold. But as we get to know her more, you discover that, you know, what's more important to her was to achieve greatness rather than to be a good person. And she has this scene in the last, I think, one or two minutes of the movie where she is showing character development. But I don't know. <laughs> I still don't like her. Again, it's on Amazon Prime if you're interested. And if you're in it to see the gay, there's just a couple of scenes where they kiss. And that was it. <laughs> just manage your expectations. Okay, is there anything else that I want to talk about? Uh, I just want to make sure that I have covered everything. Um, but yes, I think that's it. Again, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do so. I am at the TDL Project, and I am also on Twitter of Time at Gatswain. Right. So, thank you again for joining me on this episode, and see you again next time. <laughs>